Welcome, everyone, and thank you so very much for joining me today for another episode of Talking Cloud. Now, you know, this is where we talk about cloud, all things cloud, anything that's cloud-related, cloud computing-related. And that means it can be a pretty broad range of topics because, hey, cloud's infecting and infiltrating every corner of our lives it is going to be the cornerstone of the compute platform of the future. But hey, you also know I'm no expert, but man, I know where to find experts. And I am so excited. Today, I'm telling you, this one's going to be one you're going to want to make a star by and, and mark uh, and listen to over and over because my guest today is someone I was impressed when I heard about her before I met her. After I met her, I was really impressed. And then over the course of the ensuing weeks, months, and uh, now years, I just really think she's one of the most special, bright, fun, intelligent, ass-kicking women I've ever met in my life. I'll, I'll get to this where we, we do the introduction, but it's a funny story about how we met and what I realized after I got to know Shira. So Shira, she's someone I met. A major in 8200 for 13 years she was there serving. That in and of itself is pretty impressive. She's in the tech industry, of course, as you would expect. I met her when I went to work at Dome 9. Brilliant threat intelligence hunter, developer, entrepreneur. She's now out doing some really, really exciting stuff, shifting left, and we're going to hear all about it and a bunch of other stuff. I'm so excited to have a conversation today with Shira Shamban, the founder or co-founder of Salvo. Shira, thanks for being on the program today. Hey, Grant. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I miss you so much, and I'm very grateful for this opportunity to, to have this virtual meeting with you. I know. It's, I miss seeing you. You know, it's uh, so it's so funny. I have to tell this. So so we I work for a guy named Suda, and I remember Suda, I was telling him, yeah, Shira reached out to me. This is after I went to work for Dome 9, and you had reached out to me saying, hey, let's let's talk. And it was so funny because, you know, Suda was quick to let me know that, yeah, she's really good at finding the good people in the company, the ones that really, you know, get things done. And and I later realized, first, I took that as a wonderful compliment. I didn't know if he was just blowing smoke up my skirt or if it was real <laughs> genuine, right? But what I realized, and this is an attribute of you I respect, I admire, I think it's great. I kind of look at it as a, a similar adage to failing fast. You want to find out who's the new dog in the yard and is this dog got any hunt, <laughs> right? I mean, do I, do I want to get to know this individual and is there some, some, is there some benefit for us? Are we going to have a one plus one equals three or is this going to be somebody who's wasting my time who I really just don't have any value to bring or get from? And I really think that yeah. that's a, a, a brilliant quality, but I was really glad to see you saw something because we've stayed connected ever since. Uh, look, I'm a team player. Everywhere I go, I look for the best team members to, to work with. And we were team members in Dome 9. We came to win, and we did. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, wherever I go, no matter how, how big or or important my title is or how small it is, 
uh, I, I always look for the best people to work with and to feel like I did the best the best I could to win yeah and I, I immediately recognize that you have these uh, qualities as a winner and as a team player as well yeah, and thanks. I think that our work together really proved itself because yeah. We did some amazing things together. And by the way, thanks to you, it's a great opportunity to say that. Oh, well. I think that thanks to you, I, I really improved uh, as a public speaker. I, thanks to, to your mentoring, I was able to, you know, to get accepted because at the time I used to get rejected all the time. Mm-hmm. And now I only get rejected most of the time. <laughs> I remember. That was actually, you're now, I'm remembering... First, thank you. That's very kind of you. It's it's sweet. It's it, the warmest feelings I get in my heart are knowing that I helped somebody in their journey in their life. So to hear that really is cool. But I remember now, I got hired. I mean, look, we were a startup, right? Less than a hundred people. We didn't have a big purse full of money to pay for all these speaking events, and that was what I did. So my charter was go fill out call for papers get gigs right and i remember that was our first interaction and uh, we rewrote a few and and we got quite a number accepted and we spent a fair amount of time on the road presenting together yeah in in really special places like you know that place in canada yeah Um, yeah 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 nova scotia yeah i remember yes my first time there that's right Mm-hmm. So, so well, thank you. I appreciate that, and um, it's it makes me happy to know I I helped you a bit. So let's talk about Dome Nine gets acquired by a Checkpoint. Checkpoint, um, obviously, big company. Your entrepreneurial streak and spirit is uh, pretty bright. You decide you really want to go and apply and focus on your discipline, your area, which is in the world of development. Talk about Solvo, what, what, what it's about, what you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing. I mean, let's understand this a little bit more, this shift left solution you're building. Yeah. So, so perhaps before I start talking about shifting left and what we do at Solvo, maybe I can share uh, with our with our audience how we got to do what we are doing. Perfect. Because you know, it's not like I woke up one morning and you know had that uh, light bulb uh, lighting over my head and like, oh, I know, I know what's the next big thing. So I, I've always been kind of an entrepreneur in a way from you know from my high school days i i opened a mentoring program for uh for kids with special needs and at the time we no one really called it entrepreneurship mm-hmm. but it turns out that, that i had this you know will or uh, drive to do these kind of things yeah so it was it was a very natural move to to start my own company but w- what Am I going to do in my company? I did not know. Um, I had kind of an idea, which at the time I thought was absolutely amazing. It's the, the product that everyone needs if they're using the cloud. So I created you know, a deck with some mock-ups and went to talk to my friends in the cloud industry and showed them you know, my, my slides. And some of them said like, oh yeah, it's nice, you know? And some of them said that this is terrible. <laughs> and okay, and I always appreciate good feedback. Sure. Um, so I started talking to them about 
Um, there are problems in the cloud today. Uh, what problems were not solved for them or where are they struggling in the adoption of the cloud from the security perspective? Right. Why are they having it? So I want to ask, I just, you know, I'm thinking, take a second. What did you do specifically at Dome 9? Okay. Because I'm um, thinking, so you know, I want to make sure everybody <laughs> understands, you know, it's not like you're uh, uh, creating... Um, webinar uh, flyers, right? So mm-hmm. let them know maybe where where your specialty and focus is, because I think that's important. Okay, so you know, in the military, I was doing uh, threat intelligence for cybersecurity, uh, which is you know, it's a topic we can talk about uh, you know for hours by itself. <laughs> yeah, um, a big then, bucket. You know, uh huh, and then you know. It's not really a profession in civil life to do threat intelligence. Uh, I had to, to see how how to fit it into you know the tech industry, and at the time in Dome Nine they didn't really have a position of that title. And when I reached out to Zohar, the CEO of Dome Nine, we decided that I'm going to come to do something with big data. What exactly is it going to be? We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, so I came to Dome 9 to learn about what kind of data do we have in the cloud. I'm talking about metadata that is created by the cloud provider. Mm-hmm. And then what, how can we use it for cybersecurity purposes? How can we use the data in order to protect the cloud environment? What would some um, examples of that data be? Just, you know, I mean, so, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, specifically. Two two simple examples. One is the network traffic, the metadata of the network traffic. In AWS, it's called flow logs. Yep. And then we also have another ty- another piece of data called cloud trail, yep. which is a log of the API calls that are being executed in the cloud account. Yep. And these two types of logs are created. We're, they were not created for security purposes. They were created for monitoring, for you know, to track your cost and Auditing, so on. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but not for security. And we were the first ones, as far as I know, to take these types of logs and to create a security product out of them. Um, so that was very innovative at the time. And when did I, you join? When when did you join Zohar? Um, it was, I think, May 2017. 17, okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so, then that so product, we, ultimately, that you worked on uh, within Dome 9, that emerged what we know as logic, right? That's right. That's right. It's pretty amazing product that mm-hmm. does automated detection uh, for unwanted activities in your cloud that could implement... Uh, that could pose a security risk, preferably before they actually become a risk. Yes. Uh, so when we see the first step of potentially, you know, a malicious actor or, you know, a, a former employee that for some reason still has his credentials active. So uh, they try, we tried, and now they're trying to build very good um 
analysis engine to detect that and also to visualize that, to mm-hmm. show you exactly what is going on, what does it look like, where did it start, where is it now, and so on. You know, I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, sure, you had the benefit of this, and I'm, I mean... In America, you know that show uh, Gilligan's Island, right, where I don't know Mm -hmm. if you remember it, but I always say I'm the Gilligan, you're the professor, because, (laughs) you know, you're so much more technical than me. But I can absolutely see how those 13 years in a role of uh, viewing technology as a different kind of tool and also understanding our uh, opponents and enemies are using it as a tool to attack and to uh, do nefarious things. I could really see how you understanding those processes and then taking data that wasn't created or collected for that application, but that because you understand the first step how you prepare, how you mobilize, how you uh, get yourself ready to launch a cyber attack, you could Mm -hmm. then look for those attributes, those trends, those occurrences within the data to be able to say, hey, this looks like he's getting ready or Mm -hmm. she's getting ready. Am I sort of right? Absolutely. So, you know, I I learned to look for these patterns or for, you know, these little markers mm-hmm. in, a, in many different types of data. Never before did I use this, these specific logs, but I have the methodology and the yeah. approach. So even if tomorrow we have, you know, the quantum computer is going to create a new type of, of log, we will figure out how to use it uh, in order to find uh, uh, security issues around it. Shira, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt and just tell you, mm-hmm. I remember... The one thing I remember you speaking about many times, I've even used this, is every answer you need, every answer you want, you already have it. It's in your logs. I remember you were such a big advocate and proponent of logs. Log everything, store it as much as you can. You're a big believer in logs. Yes, the answer is there. You just need to know how to ask for it, yeah. how to ask the right question. Um, and, and it's not always trivial to ask, for, to ask the right question. Um, and, and I think that my, my experience in intelligence taught me how to ask good questions yeah. and how to, you know, also to be determined to find the answer. Even if you ask a question and didn't, didn't get an answer, let's try to ask it in another way or let's let's look at where can we get more data to answer that question okay so now i apologize because i feel like i've derailed you but this has been really beneficial to understand a little bit more about how we arrived to where we are today so now let's get back you were out talking yes. with people with your deck now, who are you talking to developers uh, management executives so- I tried to talk to all the personas that are touching the cloud, starting from the developer, the DevOps team, the security team, and and the CISO, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Try to to see how they see the cloud and the problems. Most of the time, developers did not see this as a problem. Their their attitude was, just leave us alone. Let us write code. (laughs) Don't talk to us. We don't care about security. We are not held accountable for security. And, and when I talked to, you know, the people on the other side, uh, the security team, they were like, oh, you know, 
we have so much problems in the cloud, so many problems. <laughs> uh, we have this, we can't solve that. Oh, we have an audit next week. Uh, so they were talking about the pains that they have and, and, and the fact that you know, the, the cloud brought a lot of good things to our lives, but it also kind of changed uh, or created new R&D processes. We call it CICD. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's great because we can automate basically everything, our entire uh, integration and delivery process, all the way from the developer's uh, uh, personal station to the, produ- the big production environment. We can automate everything. We didn't used to do that in the on-prem days. But that means that now every software developer has their own cloud account. So they can do whatever they want with it. They can spin up, you know, an entire crypto mining farm if they want. Mm. Uh, <laughs> they mm. can do whatever they want. But they, if, if we just said that they don't care enough about security, how can they have their own uh, mining uh, farm if they don't care about securing it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I realized that what the security team is trying to tell me is that they need a good way to enforce security with the development team without bothering them uh, and without disturbing their great process of writing code. Um, so I understood that problem. The first time I heard it, I thought to myself, I'm not sure it's such a big problem. There are other problems. Uh, but the more people I talk to, the more I analyze their answers, I realize that this is the common ground between mm. all of them. The shifting left, the power that the developers were given without the right tools uh, to do it. Hmm. Like giving a bunch of six-year-old kids a new set of steak knives. Yes, Exactly. Right. You know, I mean, it's like you you give them all the knives, but maybe haven't really made sure they understand how to use them, how how to use them. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So how are you Uh, tackling this? um, So, first of all, I'm not tackling tackling this alone. Uh, My co-founder, David, is also a forward dome niner. Uh, he was one of the first developer in, developers in the company. Mm. Uh, and, and we joined forces uh, to solve this problem. So we talked about it. And we talked about the fact that we need to solve the problem on the left side where the development starts. And that the user on the left side is the software developer. So we need to create a solution that the developers are not going to hate. <laughs> right. And we talked about, you know, if we had no constraints, how would it look like? What is it going to do? And the more we talked about it, we realized that, hey, we can pull this off. We can do that. Uh, we can, you know, help them uh, deliver a better product from the security perspective without the headache of, Hey, what exactly am I supposed to do here? How, how, what do I need to do in order to make it more secure? And one of the organizations that that I talked to during this process, um, you know, it's a very, very, very big automotive company, and I was sure that they will present me with a very old school kind of approach. Mm-hmm. But they were the first ones to tell me, listen, in our organization, the policy is you build it, you run it. It's your problem. 
if it breaks in the middle of the net, we're going to call you. Mm. Uh, so they're also holding the developer accountable for the security of the product that they're delivering, the That's security different. of the software and the infrastructure. Uh, that is very different. And I think that over time, we will see more organizations working that way because mm. this is the power of the cloud, the fact that we, we've democratized IT. Uh, it's no longer centralized. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very, it, it was a very, very new approach that we liked. Um, and I think that our better users are the ones that have this kind of approach. Interesting. I'm sitting here thinking about, it's ironic, isn't it? That it is the, it is the consolidation i.e. the cloud that is enabling the democratization of the IT. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like, so it's mm-hmm. because of the consolidation on one side, it's actually what's enabling it, right? So it's because those developers, they don't just have a desktop. Can, they have and, endless and, compute power on their desk. Exactly. Exactly. So that's exciting. Yeah. So so you're like, I saw the article that went out. You guys have raised uh, like uh, your seed round of a that's few right. million bucks. Is that right? Yes, that's true. And it was pretty amazing because uh, when David and I uh, started our journey, you know, you always think to yourself, oh, you know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? So, so maybe our idea is not that good and we have to uh, pivot or maybe I, I, you think about different scenarios, but a world pandemic was definitely not one of them. Yeah. Uh, wow. in, in our, so you're raising our money night. during the pandemic, right? I mean, that you yes. were out trying to raise money. Wow. That's right. That's right. And, you know, we started the process before COVID. And as we, you know, as we moved along, you kind of see that the investors that wanted to talk to you are postponing the meeting over and over again. And that other investors that, you know, while we were at the beginning of, of the pandemic, I've reached out to some of the investors that I was about to meet and I asked them, hey, are you doing business these days? Because I don't want to waste anyone's time, not mine and not yours. And they were like, yeah, yes, business as usual. Hmm. But then you see that that it's not really as usual. They're not writing checks. They're waiting to see what's going to happen. And, you know, we we asked ourselves, ooh, I mean, it's not like we can, we can turn back time. We can't... Uh, change what's happened we are on this road together and and we believe that we have a good problem here to solve it doesn't matter how we're going to solve it it's a good problem to solve it's a painful problem to solve and i had different people giving me different kinds of advice one you know investor who is very strong in the cybersecurity domain told me listen i'm going to give you you know a fatherly advice don't raise money uh, it's a bad timing. Don't do it. Others told me that they believe in me and they think that it's a great idea and wanted to give us money. So at the end of the day, uh, we were in a position where we could choose who is the investor that we want to take money from. Mm-hmm. And we were very fortunate. But That's I a think great that, position you know, to be in. It is. But, you know, it's not luck. It's hard work. Yeah. 
really and it was it's been a roller coaster right we had some days that we thought like oh everyone's saying no to us and other days we're like hey we have two term sheets yeah that's great uh, <laughs> yeah so you you have to be positive if you want to be an entrepreneur you have to believe in yourself madlessly yes. it's, it's almost not making any sense i have <laughs> shira in my wallet i have a fortune cookie uh, a little note that I got a, a fortune from a fortune cookie. Absolutely, probably the favorite I've ever had, four words. And, you know, I'm kind of parochial sometimes. I actually looked up each word in the dictionary because I wanted to know exactly what's the definition according to Webster for these words. And mm -hmm. um, the four words, deep, faith, eliminates, fear and if you go and look up those words here deep everybody knows can't get to the bottom right goes on for deep got that one faith most people lean into something religious has nothing to do with any religion at all no god no nothing it's belief mm -hmm. faith yep. eliminates we all know what that is it's gone zip not there Fear. This one was the one that really kicked it for me. Fear. We know what fear is, but what was significant about the definition was it's real or imagined. And that was when it kind of just like broke through for me. Deep, unwavering faith, belief in anything will eliminate the haters, will keep you on your track and it can be real or imagined that you have to deal with. And so I just think uh, that's the spirit of what an entrepreneur has to have, that deep faith in whatever it is he or she is doing. And it's going to eliminate all the fears and you're just going to keep going. Uh, and it yeah. sounds like that's absolutely what you guys have done. And that's awesome yeah. to have choice, right? It is. And, you know, if anyone here is listening to us today, thinking about, you know, starting their own thing, just before you go ahead, you, you need to grow some thick skin because you're going to, to hear a lot of, of unsupporting comments. Yeah. And, and you need to understand that, you know, it, this is how the world is. And some people are going to say nasty stuff just because. Just Haters because, gonna hate. You know, Haters gonna Not hate, man. Not because they hate, just because talk is cheap and they feel like yep. the, the keyboard or the air can suck it up and, you know, they can say whatever they want. No harm is really done. Yep. This can hurt you. This can turn you down. Please just grow that that piece of skin yep. and, and use it for yep. the bad words yep. because they're going to come. Just keep believing in yourself. And obviously, you're doing great. So you're moving now, I suspect, full on into growing your team, building out uh, at this stage, I suspect, the development side of your organization, right? Yes. Um, this is a very exciting uh, time for us because this is the, the, the team building and the product building at the same time. Yep. And I have to say that one of... Mm, not one of, like the first, uh, let's say, contractor that I had in the company, I'm not saying, the, the first person I paid money to yeah. in the company, 
was uh, a people and culture advisor. Because for me, my vision, what success for me is going to look like, it's going to be a company that people are happy to be working at, to be identified with, and a product that people like to use. But, you know, in order for people to be happy and proud with with where they work and what they do, I need to be, you know, to create the right environment for them, to be supportive, uh, to help them be, you know, the better version of themselves. And, uh, you know, I thought I knew how to do it, but it's always good to talk to people who actually know how to do it. And we are bringing along along people to our team. Uh, We're picking them to make sure that they're the right fit for us and that we can grow them uh, to be, you know, smarter and more accomplished. Yeah, that's great. I think that that is so insightful, Shira, at this stage of the game, right? Because when you're when you start to build what you plan to make a very, very large building, those first few bricks you lay, they're mm-hmm. critical to be absolutely perfectly placed. And it sounds like you're taking that um, that care to make sure you get the right people. And I think that that's brilliant. Yep. So we're bringing along good people, smart people who like to solve problems because problems is all we have right now we have a problem as to how to you know create the best security automatically uh you know it's a big challenge so we need people who like a new challenge it's not something that you know someone created before and open sourced it we have to create it from scratch and there is no manual there is no tutorial they have to try it out themselves and figure out the best way to do it um the other challenge that i have and Every startup has that, is finding the good product market fit. Because, you know, I, I, we have our, our product and there is the cloud security market, but then you have to make sure that you found the right fit. Is it really how the product should work? Uh, is this really how the users want to solve this kind of problems? Um, so lots of verifying, it, right? Lots of <laughs> lots of. Am I doing this right? Is this yes. is this yes. right? And how? Maybe we can help. Um, are, at, are you at the point now where you're going out and engaging with companies to say, "Hey, get, we want to show you, you know, a, a, a wireframe, or we want to show you some mockups"? Are you at that stage? Oh. So we're beyond the mock-ups. We have a product that is working. Oh, brilliant. Uh, today, when, when we demo the product to, you know, to either our design partners or other, other companies that we're working with, we can actually show them, you know, an application, a real uh, cloud application, and th- what is wrong with, with its security configuration. We show them how we onboard to Solvo, which is a very, very, very quick and easy process because we know how annoying onboarding is. Mm. So we show them how we onboard, how we scan their application, and how we automatically let them know in a natural language what problems did we find. Mm-hmm. And then they can create or generate the right security configuration for their cloud infrastructure. 
So that entire thing happens automatically with a few uh, uh, clicks uh, on your uh, uh, mouse. Wow. So let, let's we'll do a little promotion here, I guess. For Salvo, are you are <laughs> sure. you are are you looking for actively looking for people that want to uh, try it out and give you their feedback? Absolutely. So we love you... getting feedback, and, and a Tell good me. candidate uh, to, to give us that feedback is an AWS user. Right okay. now, we're supporting AWS. Probably next time we meet here on the podcast, we will be supporting Azure and GCP as well. Okay. But right now, it's AWS. Okay. Um, it's it should be an organization. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. What matters is uh, how good is your cloud adoption, and how mature it is. Are you already in the in, in the place where you understand that security should be starting on the left side? Uh, I'm not being critical here. I understand that for some organizations, they don't have the capacity to digest that and they prefer to do it the old way to do security at the end of the process. Uh, but if you understand that security should be on the left side, but you need some help to automate it, then we will be more than happy to show your product and get your feedback around it. So where should, should they go to your website? Should they send you an email? Why don't you do a little, uh, uh, what's the, what's um, the web address? Our website is at solvo.cloud. And you have a request a demo button or contact us so you can leave your details and uh, we will reach back to you and set up a demo or a phone call and tell you more about what we do. And, and hopefully here's some uh, eye-opening uh, insights. S-O-L-V-O dot cloud. Yep. Got it. That that makes it easy. I guess it doesn't. It it, it uh, doesn't leave any question as to where the product is focused, right? Being dot cloud, <laughs> it's uh, it's certainly yeah. Yeah. well. That's really exciting stuff. Really exciting stuff. Is the plans to go to market through partners direct? Do you have any of that worked out, or are you still figuring that stuff out? So right now, the way I see it is uh, that we need to work in two vectors. One is the software developers, because as we said before, some of them work for organizations where they are required to deliver security. So this is why we created the product to be comfortable and, and friendly and self-served for software developers. So the ones who, who, who need the product can go to our website and try the, the free version. We have a free version, you know, for a, for a certain tier of, 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 uh, of cloud services, we give it for free. So the yep. developer can onboard, try it out. And if they like it, uh, they can pay for the next tier through uh, the AWS marketplace. So it's right. very easy. They don't have to reach out to the CFO, get a credit card and, and all of that. Nice. And then the other way we work, or the, the second vector, is working with CISOs and security teams. Because as we said before, these are the personas that are actually held accountable and actually don't sleep well at night <laughs> because of security issues. And we tell them, listen, we have this really easy to use product that is going to give you control and visibility over your cloud risks and also solve some of your problems automatically. 
So here's the product, go ahead and try it out. And, and the best or ideal scenario is the CISO wanting to use the product and then the software developer telling them, oh yeah, we, we know the product, we're already using the yeah. free version of it. So, yeah, yeah, so it's no problem, they're all you know enjoying the same product, but getting what they need out of it. Got it. So if you're a software developer and you understand security has got to be in your job, not after you get finished, they mm -hmm. ought to check out Solvo.cloud. They can take a look at your product if they're using the AWS environment, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Brilliant. And if you're in CISO and you're worried about an over-permissive uh, cloud infrastructure, uh, you should also try it out. <laughs> Very cool. Well, this is so exciting. Where where are you at on headcount? It's got to be what, uh, like five, ten? You up into yeah. the a hundred yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Hopefully, uh, soon enough. But uh, you're we're lean and mean. Yeah. Um, Headquartered uh -huh. in Tel Aviv. That's right. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, as for now, yes. Yeah. Uh, we are looking towards uh, North America. Uh, we sure. think that uh, th this is the big market for us. Sure. So hopefully we will get to meet uh, sometime soon. Oh, I uh, know. We'll, we'll see each other again soon. <laughs> I, I, I have no doubt. I mean, if anything, I'll see you uh, instead of looking around the room, I'll just have to look around the Zoom and I'm sure <laughs> to find you because I know you're also out on the speaking circuit and uh, have been out promoting and and. And I'll do the same for you, Shira. You know, I always uh, have enjoyed you and working with you and really wish you all the success in the world. So what, before we part... Yeah, now continue. <laughs> no, be before we part, what I'd love is just maybe some uh, words of wisdom from a kick-ass tech lady that's been in the biz for a number of years that has the entrepreneurial spirit that you have and you understand it so well maybe just some sage advice to our listeners as we move through this journey of the cloud what do you recommend great so so my advice to everyone who's listening to us right now no matter if you're a software developer or a devops engineer or a computer science student doesn't matter who you are, you need to understand that the responsibility is yours. If you want from, to become from a, a student to a software developer, you need to, to do your homework. Don't wait for anyone to teach you. Go ahead, open Coursera or Udemy, or you know, just Google and go to your favorite tutorial uh, website and, and go ahead and learn whatever it is that you need to learn in order to be a very good software developer. And same goes for everyone else. Don't wait for, for other people to teach you what you need to know. Take control over your life and and go just go get it. But be responsible. Don't expect for other people to teach you or to open the door for you. You have to work hard. Um, we're here talking about security and you know, for the most part, people think that, oh, we're just going to get fined and that's it, you know, for, for violating, you know, GDPR or or any other, uh, you know, compliance uh, or regulatory requirement. But at the end of the day, this is people's data that we might lose. It's their, you know, social security number. And, you know, what if they get scammed? What if someone, you know, steals their identity? Do you ever want to feel like 
you could have done something to prevent that. Yeah, it's uh, lives, so even, people's lives, mm-hmm, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So even if you are, you know, the newest uh, DevOps uh, uh, engineer on the team, always, uh, you know, you, you need to feel a hundred percent responsible for everything that's happening on your shift. Yeah. Uh, and and this is your shift, and you have to make sure that everything is being done the best way we can. Um, so, so go learn whatever it is that you need to learn to be the best at what you do and please mentor and tutor other people. Yeah, boy, that's, I I think that that's probably some of the best advice for life, Shira. Um, because, you know, today with the internet, with, with ubiquitous connectivity, there is no subject that you can't get informed on if you want to whether it's Coursera or Udemy or even Google you know free CBT on any given subject I think you're spot on and I think that that's a great message for life Uh, you know I tell my kids all the time life is like an at bat in baseball you don't stand uh, with the bat on your shoulder you swing for the fence and uh, clearly, you're doing that, Shira. I'm I'm excited for you. I just absolutely. Why do you know. inspire me a lot in what I do? Well, you're you're gonna go a long way. You're gonna do great stuff. I can't wait to watch. And I really I value our friendship and our relationship tremendously. And I really appreciate you coming on the program today. I really appreciate you having me, and I appreciate having you as my friend. Yeah, well, thanks, Shira. <laughs> so we got another one in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Shira Shamban, Salvo.cloud. Check it out. If you want security in your development team, this is uh, definitely something you ought to check out. I really appreciate everybody listening. Hopefully this was uh, uh, time well spent for all of you, and we'll look forward to having you back on another episode of Talking Cloud. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs>